Welcome to my new favorite project, the ESN Podcast. My name is Jessica, and this project comes from the creative minds of the press team of ComCom. Our podcast team has been working for a while now to make sure that we can create brand new content for you. In the first couple of episodes, the team is going to be interviewing the IB members in an attempt to let you know a little bit more of who's behind all these emails. So today, I have the pleasure to have a conversation with the Money Man, a fellow Portuguese that I've known for a while now. With me today, I have our lovely treasure, João Vasco. How are you today? Hey, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, very exciting to do this. Uh, not sure what are you going to ask me. Hopefully I will be able to answer to everything. The question of the hour for everyone is, how's self-isolation treating you? I mean, I, it could be worse. First of all, like, we are nine people living in this house, right? In, uh, for the ones who don't know, we the, the IB lives together uh, at the ESN house, uh, plus two EVSers. Um, and uh, plus two other other people that are the partners uh, of Costis and uh, and Sabina, and uh, well, having a quarantine with uh, eight other people uh, is not as difficult as having a quarantine on my own. I try I try as much as possible to get myself distracted, either through work or um, by doing some activities. For instance, you know, I used to go to the gym, and uh, now the gym is closed, obviously. So what did I do? I decided to now start practicing to run a marathon, which will happen in October oh, in Brussels. Yeah. I mean, the the goal is very high. But there's nothing wrong about dreaming. So I've been going for, for this early morning runs. Like uh, I usually go at uh, 8 a.m. So there is not that much people in the streets. And um, well, because you know, social distancing. So it's easier to do it when, when it's uh, not such a busy hour. And, uh, and yeah, this is one of my tricks to, to forget about this uh, isolation thing. Uh, plus, you always have the, the usual stuff, uh, watching a lot of series, um, all the weird YouTube videos that you end up watching that you're like, oh, how did I get in, in this? But, uh, but yeah, this is, uh, I guess this is the, the, the way that I'm doing, and I guess everybody is doing the same, no? I'm glad you mentioned YouTube because I think nobody knows this, <laughs> but you're kind of a failed YouTuber, aren't you? Uh, why did you pick up on that one? <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> I do my research. Okay. okay. Tell us a little bit about your uh, failed YouTube channel. You don't have to tell us the name. <laughs> First of all, it's not, a it's not a failed YouTube channel. It's a failed if you think that it was built on the purpose to get more followers and to become famous, which was not the reason. Okay, eh? okay. The reason, the reason why I did the, 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 this YouTube channel was for me to record one of my, if not my, um, the most interesting experience that I ever had in my life. And I wanted to record it and I wanted to see it later. And also I wanted to share it with my friends. The, this experience was basically me hitchhiking throughout uh, Europe. Well, I guess in case people do not know what is hitchhiking, hitchhiking is uh, catching rides uh, on the street and uh, go with somebody random from one place to another. I mean, the name is quite self-explanatory, but anyways. Um, and yeah, I did this for uh, actually 28 days, uh, starting from Sweden and going all the way back to Portugal. Oh, wow. And each traveling day that I had, yeah, it was a total of uh, uh, 10,000 kilometers, more or less. Um, 
I think 10 or 11 countries and um, and yeah it's uh, I decided to record every every day that I was uh, that I was traveling so I would later on which I already did a few times I would see the videos and I will um, you know do a reflection about all this experience because in each time of your life I mean since I since I I shared this you always take a different interpretation from what you did so the interpretation that I took well when I was on the terrain was one and this is was the one that I shared with people like uh, the struggles that I was going through um, the people that I met the the tracks or the courses that I that I did you know but then when I look into it again it's like me thinking oh this is so interesting the way that I'm feeling I'm always putting myself in a situation that I haven't seen for a while and this is how I reacted and you kind of evaluate yourself and then uh, it also brings this uh, melancholic uh, uh, side of you we know that we have in Portuguese the, the saudade feeling which uh, mm-hmm, is uh, yeah. when you miss something uh, uh, with this melancholy and uh, it's also very nice to see it and uh, I think and I think on the part to share it with my friends I think they, they had some fun with it um, yeah, it was a, it was a, an elephant experience. It was amazing. So you you have a, a little bit of um, a calm come inside of you with uh, video making, but you decided to go another another route, didn't you? I mean, <laughs> putting the things that way, it's like I, I I was not a great video maker. I in the end, I actually think that the videos that I did were extremely boring <laughs> because it's basically me speaking to a camera, then recording a little bit of uh, my my um, my the hitchhikes that I that I did with people. Not many conversations. I, I mean, I have a, I have a lot to learn on that uh, on that way. Uh, but yeah, at least um, the part where I get. Um, the motivation to do things, I think I'm already there. Talking a little bit about the fact that you're living in Brussels. So you were elected in July of 2019. Um, how did you explain to your family and loved ones that might not really understand what ESN is? And I think that this is a struggle that a lot of ESNers that start to get positions uh, have. How did you explain to your family that you're going to have to move to Brussels for at least a year and you actually can't do that work back at home? Uh, well, first of all, my I think my parents and some of my family members, they still do not understand the, the, the concept of Erasmus Student Network. They think that I'm like, uh, oh, he's working for the Erasmus. This is how they, they see things. Yeah. I think a lot of people will relate themselves with this. Um, this was the first the first thing to and then the, the the second one is like how do you explain this thing that your parents do not already understand uh, uh, how do you explain to them that you are going to do it professionally you know how are you going to dedicate your full time to to such a thing and uh, well I, I think it was it was funny because I think with my father my father was always the person that pushed me to to do these crazy things like the hitchhiking for example my father used to do it when he was younger and when I told him that I was going to do it was like why didn't you do it before let go on man uh, while my mother is oh, the so total cute. opposite you know she's like the one that says are you sure you want to go to Belgium to do that are you sure this will bring you uh, good fortunate for the future is this a good way of doing things you know th- all those concerns that uh, our mothers always have 
but uh, yeah. but you know with a, with a, a proper explanation um, and by by showing to them the potential and the, the good things about coming to this city to work in this city to work for an organization such as ESN especially uh, at this level uh, they end up understanding on their own way because I still believe that my mother and my father do not understand it very well what I'm doing here but uh, they trust me That's very sweet. <laughs> it is. Um, I mean, I I have a couple of positions, and my I, whenever I mention ESN, my dad is always like, "What? Oh, the Erasmus thing? Okay, you you work for the Erasmus?" And I'm like, "Yeah, Dad, I do social media, but whatever. Okay." Um, so you talked a little bit about uh, your family. For those that don't know and are listening to us, you come from Coimbra, Portugal. Um, so that's a little bit far away from Belgium. What's something that you miss from home? Well, I'm, I, until today, I missed something a lot, which I then I managed to accomplish, which was eating bacalhau. Ooh. Well, in case you don't know what is bacalhau, please Google it. It's like a, the best fish in the world, and it's like a, like our second flag. Uh, you know, you know what I mean with this, Jessica. Um, it's true. And it's true. Uh, I missed it a lot. You know, I'm a person. That I love, I love uh, our traditional cuisine. I, I mean, I, I actually love all our traditions and how, how we are. And I always try to be a lot, uh, not only myself, but to be a Portuguese version of my of myself. Even though when you are in Belgium, you start to, you know, to change a little bit your personality, obviously. But I always try to keep myself close to this. And uh, you know, this is like these small things. Like uh, for example, today I cooked bacalhau. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I I hang out with some of my Portuguese friends. I I listen to Portuguese radio. These little things they end up uh, mitigate uh, the the um, the way I miss my country. But uh, I do miss it a lot. However, I'm also not the person that is like very crazy to go to go back home. I can perfectly spend uh, like half year, one year without going back. Um, but only if I keep doing this small, uh, these little things um, that remind me of uh, where I'm from. Um, you're very Portuguese at heart, uh, and that's true. Um, for someone that never met you, it's a little bit weird. But knowing you a little, it's nice to see how happy you get when, I don't know, people just start speaking Portuguese to you uh, when you haven't heard a Portuguese person in a while. Yeah. How different is your life uh, from before? Let's start this way. On the professional side, it was actually... Uh, it is not that different. I was doing a normal job uh, one year ago. I was uh, doing an internship at a company, so... I mean, in terms of uh, routine, it was more or less the same. You know, you go in the morning to work, you come back uh, at the end of the day. Well, actually, with ESN, you come back <laughs> at night, but still, uh, you come back. Um, but, you know, in this in this professional way, like, the, the routine is much the same. Also, I have to tell you, at first, it felt like being in Belgium was a bit different, but now I'm starting to relate uh, a little things here and there that they they are not that different from what I what I was doing in Portugal so like for example now it's very sunny so everybody is in the streets even though all this uh, oh, okay. outbreak is going on but uh, like people see mm -hmm. sun and they love sun this is uh, I also do love sun a lot but I mean then there is also the the other fact that is um, I'm living with this eight more people at the moment and we are sharing this big house having people coming and having uh, them staying for a while sometimes random sometimes 20 people at the same time this is very different from uh, what I used to have I was living on a uh, 
uh, on my own with two more people in uh, in Porto. Uh, this is something that is different. Ah, and and this is the the biggest difference from my life. Now I eat a lot of hummus. Back in Portugal, I never tried hummus. I think you had never tried hummus before. Okay. Or if I tried, it was like maybe a few times, but I, I was never eating that. Suddenly, I arrive here and I start eating hummus. This is something new, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's just a, a little ridiculous thing. You went to Brussels to eat hummus. Well, I'll take it. <laughs> Still talking about Brussels, and I swear I have like three more questions about Brussels. The SN house can be a little bit chaotic, um, yes. especially with all the community meetings that happened there. Um, do you have uh, any particularly funny memory from the house? Mm, yeah, there are a few nice memories uh, that I have. Uh, maybe this is something that maybe people will not see that much, but uh, all of us, we we try to hang out with each other on uh, a known ESN basis. And then you actually start seeing some other sides uh, of people. You start uh, seeing that uh, people actually discuss with you about some other topics and uh, it's quite funny. Then uh, things start to, to escalate in ways that, uh, that can end, uh, end up being, uh, being very funny and we can have very good moments. For instance, I, I remember the, in September, the birthday party, Kossi's birthday party was really, really nice. I think we really bonded as a board. We really bonded a lot uh, with, that, uh, with that moment. I also have a, a few other good memories from having some friends coming by. Uh, I'm trying to disregard a little bit ESN so you understand that it's not all ESN in the yeah, ESN yeah, house. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I had some of my best friends coming by and we had this uh, great night. Uh, we went for partying. There is a, a street sign in the house that end up there. This is some good memory that I don't have. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, but there are very funny memories that uh, that I have. I'm not remembering that many specifically right now, but uh, but indeed uh, there there is. You already mentioned a couple of times that you live with eight to nine people. How did it feel at first to work and live with the same people? Weren't you scared that it would go terribly wrong and you would end up hating everyone? <laughs> I mean, uh, the funny thing is that we do live uh, together, we do work together, but let's say back when things were normal, uh, we didn't see each other, or at least the five at the same time, uh, we didn't see each other that much. Uh, you know, like uh, sometimes I would arrive home at one hour, uh, somebody else would arrive uh, one hour later, another hour later, and we didn't cross each other that much. Now, the question that you might want to ask is how it is right now that we are working and living at the same time um, and we are sharing the rooms. Well, uh, this is like, oh, my God, uh, I love you guys, but I'm tired of seeing you. Please just uh, <laughs> stay somewhere else. You know, no, but um, but uh, it is uh, it isn't for me. Personally, I, I don't know about the others because also this is something that goes very personal. The way that uh, that uh, you see your personal space and the the way you um, you accept living in a house like this. I'm a, I'm a very open person. I, I don't mind living with a lot of people. I don't mind sharing spaces. But I, I assume some other people might not be the same. But for me, until now, everything uh, has been all right. I can try to tell you a little bit of the four of them. Okay, okay. Of my, uh, my fellow board members. Okay, Sabina, I think she's a very open book. She is what she is, and, uh, and that is very, uh, that's actually, it's very nice. Tayana, she's a little bit the other way around. She's uh, more close, but uh, once you get to know her, it's very nice. Casper's great sense of humor. Oh, yes. That man is shy, but he has a great sense of humor. And uh, Kosti is 
Uh, I knew him already before, I think, but the first impression that I had, it was that uh, he was a very serious guy. I will not say that he's not serious, he's like, he has some seriousness, of course, but he's a very Greek person, he's very relaxed, you know. Yeah, they say this thing, halara, uh, which they are all the time, so it's like, he's a serious guy, but always chill. I think this is like the, the, the impressions that I have from them. Yeah, that's true. So, you did Erasmus twice, he did it first in Turkey and then in Poland. What is your best memory from Erasmus? I have uh, great memories for both places. Both places were amazing. They were amazing in many different ways. So, for example, Turkey, I think that the people from that country, they are amazing. Uh, that was what I loved the most. And also the food. I'm crazy about the Turkish food. But uh, a great impression that I have was especially in the moment that I arrived in Turkey, in Istanbul, specifically, where I was living. And uh, such a big city. Like, I, you know, I come from Quimbra. Quimbra is like uh, 100,000 inhabitants, uh, a small town, no traffic. And then I suddenly see myself in Istanbul, right? And uh, I was totally lost, like a very different language. Uh, people also struggle to find that very easily a person that speaks English. But at the same time, the great impression that I had, it was that even if the communication was very limited, people really, really, really tried to help you. And that was very comforting from, uh, from them. For Poland, the best thing that I had was the place where I was living. Like, I, I've been in Poland a few times, but I think Gdansk, which was the city where I was living, is very different from the rest of the country. First of all, because it's on the seaside. And oh. look, we are Portuguese, and I saw snow on the beach. Snow what? on the beach, Jessica. It's like, what? Wow, that is incredible. Yeah, maybe now the people that will be listening this, like, from the most Eastern Europe, they'll be like, please, come on, it's like, it's so normal. But for us, it's like, whoa. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. But then the funny thing, because I was there in the second semester, so I arrived in February, there is this, uh, this situation going on. And then suddenly, in that year, actually the weather in Portugal was terrible. So it was around May and it was still raining a lot. And in May in Portugal, it's already great. Mm -hmm. But actually in Poland, in May, in Gdansk specifically, the weather was good. I was going to the beach. I got a tan. Wow. A tan that was even better than some tans that I got in Portugal. Impressive. Because actually my house was right next to the beach. So we had uh, great times there. Like the typical Erasmus, awesome parties in my house, having a lot of friends coming by, doing barbecues. It was uh, really, really nice. That is so cool. And yeah, but very different countries, amazing experiences on both. I advise people to just, uh, I know that like uh, now in this uh, situation, it's very unfortunate for a lot of people that uh, either have to come back home or are staying in their host countries, but are not doing anything. But uh, don't get demotivated and uh, risk it another time and try to do it again because it's uh, a great experience. It's, uh, it's really incredible. It's really nice. I was going to ask if you would ever come back, but I think the answer is yes. Oh, to those places. Yeah, like, you know that uh, we had CNR Marmara yeah, yeah. like one month ago, one and a half months ago. And man, I haven't been in Turkey since I did my Erasmus. I did it in uh, 15, 16, so almost five years. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was such a great feeling. Uh, I basically rushed into every place that I could that I knew that uh, I used to go there or I used to spend time there. I tried to go to every place, to every restaurant, every street food market, whatever, so I could eat everything that I still had a memory for. I don't know, I almost wanted to cry while eating all those amazing things. <laughs> Your relationship with food is amazing. Yeah, it's my girlfriend. <laughs> um, is there any country in the world that you haven't visited yet, but you really want to? 
Uh, this kind of things goes a lot mm -hmm. with moods, you know? Like, if you ask me this question in three months, if I'm in a different mood, I will tell you another country. But right now, my mood is going a lot towards South America and Brazil. Wow. I kept saying to everybody that, guys, once we finish this year in Belgium, I'm going to move to Brazil. I'm going to take some samba classes. And this, uh, this is not my plan. Maybe because here it's always raining and it's cold and I, I miss the warm weather, maybe. Mm, okay. Uh, but I really want to go to South America. Both traveling, visiting, or uh, working. I'm really, really curious about going to that part of the world. Shifting a little bit the conversation, because this is an ESN podcast, so I have to talk about ESN stuff. Ah, yes. Why did you originally join ESN, if you remember? So I joined ESN after I did my first Erasmus in Turkey. And uh, as I told you, I, I got very pleased about the fact that people were always trying to help me. And this same thing not only happened with the random Turkish person in, uh, in the street, but also with the ESN section that received me, which is ESN uh, Ildis. And uh, they were very nice. They had this very warm welcoming to me. And when I come, came back to Portugal, I uh, already had in my mind that I wanted to do something as they did. So I wanted to join ESN. And it was quite automatic. And uh, I guess I would not come with a very out-of-the-box reason. I think it's a very cliche one for me, the reason why I joined. But... Uh, Well, it's a good enough one, I know. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, it totally is. For example, I joined ESN because someone told me I had ESN type of personality and I had no idea what that meant. So I joined just to find out what it was. I still don't know what that means. <laughs> so, <laughs> and now here I am three years later. Exactly. And, and, and keep counting, keep counting. Oh yeah, please. <laughs> um, what was your first position you held within the network? A bit of a timeline. Mm -hmm. I joined DSN after my Erasmus, uh, March um, 2016, and uh, so ESN, uh, ESN Coimbra is divided into departments, as many sections are, and there was the events department, and they put me in there. So I was an active member of the events department for uh, that, the, the remaining time of the second semester. And then, uh, once we reached summer, they opened the position for partnership manager. And I applied for it, and then I was partnership manager for the next academical year. I started as an active member, but my first position that I actually applied for was partnership manager. And then you started to be the money guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then partnerships led to treasury, and the, the treasury has been my path since uh, the local level. What is your favorite ESN memory in general? My favorite ESN memory, it was last year when, uh, when we organized the Erasmus National Meeting in, uh, in Algarve. When I was national board, I was uh, as a treasurer. I I'm like vice head of the event, like I'm treasurer of the event. So uh, we are going there and we organize the event. And uh, I I have been in, in an Erasmus national meeting, but as a participant, I have never been as a um, as OC. Mm -hmm. And then dedicating this time as an OC, like uh, me and the rest of my national board by then invested in that event. Then seeing all these people from the OC, all the stuff, all the uh, the sections involving, like seeing all this energy that they put into an event that ended up being amazing. It went perfectly. The last sunset party that we have, I looked at the, the students, the Erasmus students, all having so much fun in the beach, dancing to the last music. And it was it was really amazing. This is something that I keep in my mind and uh, I hope I will never forget. It was like seeing the return from all the effort that you put into one very small moment. It was really, really nice. Yeah. This might be my best ESN memory. And now people will say, oh, but being elected the treasurer of ESN International is not your best memory. It is indeed a very good memory, but um, mm -hmm. 
I feel more fulfilled when I see the Erasmus enjoying what we do, because in the end this is what we do, yeah. than actually my um, accomplishments. Seeing those people enjoying it, I think it was way, uh, way better. Do you think that being part of the IB can make you a little bit out of touch with the Erasmus? I mean, you disconnect a little bit. I, I have to be honest. Like uh, when I was local level, of course, like all the Erasmus students in Coimbra, I tried to have them knowing me. And uh, even in, when I was national, I always tried to participate in some uh, events for, for them. Uh, of course, uh, when you are in ESR International, you have to understand, and this is something that I tried to, to do in my mind, it is the, the chip has to change. Now uh, I'm working for this full time in an office and I'm providing the platform for other people to be the closest to the students. So in a way, like I'm not close anymore. Physically, for sure, I'm distanced, but uh, I try to be the closest as possible to the students through my work. So providing to the national and, uh, and local level the, the opportunity to do the best they can for, for the students. You know, we go into this transcendent thing, like a little bit of me is, an, is in every volunteer of you. <laughs> oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> I mean, we have one international student living in the, in the house, so I guess we are close to him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that counts... What is something that you wished you had known before you became the international treasurer? I mean, one thing has to be clear for, for everybody, and this was something that when I was doing my transition, I quickly understood, and even before I applied, it was something that Tim, the, the treasurer, the, the former treasurer, informed me, is that, look, your, your knowledge on what you're about to do is very little. Uh, and you don't have to worry about that, you will learn a lot, but there is nobody at this point that, uh, that applies for the position and knows. If there is something that I didn't know, it was, uh, I didn't know how to be a treasurer of ESN International. Mm -hmm. And I think it's not because of me, it's like nobody knows. Like there is a, a lot of things that you handle here that uh, I never handled back uh, in, in the national level. Uh, and um, I think now some of our um, uh, countries that, that are trying to professionalize themselves, the, they will start to close a little bit this gap. They will start to do some other stuff that is, for example, here we work a lot with grants and, uh, and uh, even the fact that we are uh, staying in an office, managing um, staff and uh, working with other people uh, on a full-time basis, uh, this is different. And um, this is something that you don't know. So you only learn once you arrive. Uh, but I think that, for example, our country is going in that way of professionalization. They might uh, close the gap. Mm -hmm. Um. What's your favorite thing about ESN? I mean, I, I don't think this is expected to, uh, to come from, uh, from an IB member, but for me, the best thing about uh, ESN is the Erasmus parties Aww. and uh, being able to organize stuff for them. I love to organize. I, I love to organize uh, organize things for the for the students. When I came back uh, to um, to Coimbra for Christmas, I tried to help my local section in uh, in doing stuff because uh, it's like it's the basis of everything, you know. And then uh, this is this is the best thing, like being there helping them. It's it's the coolest part, right? Yeah, it's true. And then all becomes boring and bureaucratic and. Uh, ah. The, the good thing is uh, when you, you, you do a work and then you enjoy it afterwards. Yeah, organizing things for the Erasmus really is the best part because uh, you work, but then you actually see the result of the work. You're not just working and there's a goal and you surpass the goal and that's it. When you're doing stuff for the Erasmus directly, 
you go to the events and you see, oh my god, they actually enjoyed the thing that I did. I understand. Yeah, but but let me put let me put a disclaimer here. Huh? Okay, so the okay. fact that this is the best does not mean that you should not be ambitious and try to do more for ESN. Mm -hmm. Actually, for for your personal development, is very good that you try to take another position, uh, try some something different, or even do something more uh, that brings more responsibility. Actually, like now, I mean, I mean, uh, I'm treasurer of ESN International because. Uh, I think I could not be for all this time in the local. Like I, uh, there is an ambition to to progress and to evolve, and I think this is a, this ambition should be in the mind of every center. Of course, it's very nice to organize things for the students, but uh, you know it's also very nice to push from uh, to push ourselves to do something more and uh, to see some improvements. Because I mean, for example, here in, uh, in in the international level, one thing that I feel a lot is that when I take action in something. I see already the result from it very quickly and in a very large scale. So if I do something and I tell the network guys, I suggest you to do something, we see that, well, because the, the, the network will take us as an example, right? Uh, they will try mm -hmm. to, to follow what we, we ask them for. And this is a huge responsibility, but at the same time, it's really awesome. Exactly. Um, what is something that you would like to say to someone that just joined ESN? There's always one thing that I, it's not just to, I would like to say, but this is something that I always said to to the newbies or uh, this new, the, the, the people that just uh, started, is that, um, look, uh, be satisfied with, uh, with what you do. Um, try everything that you try, if you try your best, if it doesn't go the best way, you tried your best. Like ESN is a place where you learn, mistakes can be made, And um, for sure, you will learn from those mistakes. And then when you get to your pers uh, professional life, mm -hmm. you will be one step ahead of everybody else. So if you have to make mistakes, take the opportunity to do them now uh, and take the opportunity to learn from them. And yeah, this I think this uh, is the advice that I always told to myself to, to risk, to try things. And uh, until now, I feel like I did well. Um. Is there something that you would like to say to anyone that is specifically listening to this? Okay, one thing that I can tell you is that uh, I try to be the most accessible as possible. So if you would like to reach out to me for any question, even uh, ESN related, not ESN related, if you got curious with uh, my YouTube page, Uh, which now I'm going to tell in the end of this, so the ones that stayed until the end deserve. It is called Hitchhike With Me. But if you are interested about anything of what I've talked about, uh, I'm glad uh, to, to have a message from you. It's, if I could, I would knew every volunteer in ESN. Of course, it's impossible, but uh, I think that we are very unique people and uh, I always feel very pleased to get to know ESNers from everywhere. So drop me a message. That's a wrap. Uh, thank you so much for taking a little bit of your time to talk to me. It was an absolute pleasure. For me too. For me too. I really had fun. For everyone listening out there, thanks for listening and keep your eyes open for our next episodes. See you around. Bye.